Welcome, everyone, to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips, too. So let's get the show started. Welcome to our listeners around the world via the podcast. Our listeners on our FM station in New York and our two Philadelphia radio stations. It's Tuesday evening drive time for you. We have a great show today, so let's get this show started. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It is just an absolute pleasure to welcome our first guest to Food Farms and Chefs, Sarah Zahn, the director of catering at Reading Terminal Market Catering and the founder of All About Events, one of the premier event planning services in the city of Philadelphia. Sarah, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Hi, Gene. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Well, it is a absolute great pleasure. It's a very exciting time to be talking to you. For our listeners who don't know, in middle of May, Reading Terminal Market uh, with the assistance of the city of Philadelphia, um, was able to get the money for a million-dollar overhaul of um, the street right outside uh, Reading Terminal Market from 12th to 11th, if I'm correct. Uh, it will be available as a pedestrian area, as an event space, uh, multiple different things. Filbert Street that runs right there underneath the, the tunnel, so it's enclosed, uh, at least over top. Tell us a little bit about what that means for you as the director of catering and for what it means to the market and what it means to making Philadelphia one step higher on the ladder of great hospitality cities. Yeah, great, great question. This was so exciting. Um, the project actually started in terms of trying to obtain the grants about seven years ago, believe it or not. Um, they started applications and started thinking and discussing, you know, how can we better utilize Filbert Street, which is the street directly outside of the market um, under the overhang, like you said. So in 2019, they uh, gained a lot of funding grants. Uh, the William Penn Foundation came in with a, a lot of um, support. And now, um, as you just mentioned, they just secured the last bit of it. And the project is officially underway. Groundbreaking was last week. And this is a big deal. So it's going to be the first curbless street in Center City. Um, it's going to be utilized, as you mentioned, for you know outdoor dining, for pedestrian walking. Um, it's going to be better lit. So it's also just going from SEPTA across the street into the market or in just to the, um, the bypass to go to Greyhound and some of the restaurants right in that area. It's going to just be safer and better lit and um, you know a, a clean, new, shiny street. But for our purposes, for the catering and the events, we use that street, we have been for almost nine years, when we have large events, we close the street down and we host events of over 2000 people in and outside of the market with that street closed as an extension of our event space. Um, we, we often hold the welcome receptions, the corporate events for all of the conferences coming into the Philadelphia, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, Pennsylvania Convention Center. Uh, from all over the world. So being across the street and being able to hold events of two to 5,000 people at the market um, in and out of the building is 
fantastic. And now we'll have a safe, shiny, new curbless street to do that on, um, even better than what we've had before. Well, you know, you touched on something very important to the future of the hospitality industry in Philadelphia, and that's your relationship with the convention center. You know, mm-hmm. people come in, they're there for three or four different conferences, where if it's a big enough event where different companies are hosting, you know, uh, events all through the city, you're right there. When they finish up their conference from the, de- from the afternoon, they can walk across the street and enjoy something. Uh, is that really going to be a big draw now that you can you know, increase that capacity and, and showcase that as well? It absolutely, I mean, absolutely. It, it already has been a draw. I mean, we definitely for the past, you know, eight or nine years have done probably like four or five large events of the upper thousands. But now I think with just everything going on in the world with COVID and viruses, et cetera, people want to have outdoor space for their events. And there's not a lot of areas in center city where you can safely have an outdoor indoor event style. Um, And I see, you know, already we're getting so many requests for outdoor space. Um, And with that street being done in the fall, we'll be able to offer that to most sizes. And it does require street permits and closing, um, but we have it down pat and the city works really well with us. The convention center works very well with us. The police work very well with us when we have to close it. Um, So we're in a good position to continue hosting uh, again in the fall and all into the next couple of years once the street reopens. So Reading Terminal Market Catering uh, is a little bit different than your normal catering company in the fact that clients have an opportunity to really get a very broad range of foods that are showcased there in the venue. Tell our listeners how kind of that, that whole prospect works and, you know, what's different about Reading Terminal as opposed to XYZ Catering. That's a great question. I mean, the, the most special thing about Reading Toronto Market that we carry into the catering company is that it houses 70 to 80 owner-operated, authentically prepared merchants that, you know, Athens is from Greece and, um, you know, Coretta is from the Caribbean islands. And, you know, all of them, the people who open up shops there are uniquely preparing the food from the region that the food is, is, you know, advertised from. And that's what makes it special because when you go to the market for an event, you could have everything from, you know, Caribbean soul food and, um, you know, Japanese and fresh seafood and cheesesteaks and all of your Philly favorites and Rubens and um, oysters and filet, as well as, you know, something as simple as jambalaya um, from Beck's Cajun. It's, it's really unique because you don't find many places where you would have such a diverse menu of things like oysters and cheesesteaks on the same menu. It wouldn't normally work at a place, not outside of the market, but being that this building has so many eclectic merchants who, who specialize in the cuisine that they're cooking, um, you know, and the family recipes are just passed on from generation to generation. You know, there's, um, you know, Kamal's, they're on like the fourth or fifth generation. Uh, same, most of those merchants in that building that have been there for a long time are on multiple generations of family passed down recipes. So it's just unique. It's really cool. And when we're catering for conferences and larger events, it's kind of required. You do want to have food that fits everybody's taste. Gluten-free and vegan are very important now to make sure we're accommodating. Not that they weren't always, but they certainly now more than ever are becoming more requested and we can do it authentically and really well. And the food still tastes delicious. 
Um, so it's, it's a really unique gem to have in the city, but especially for our catering events, being able to provide such a different menu than you would see at any other ballroom or restaurant that you're going to. I certainly agree. As you know, I'm a lover of Reading Terminal Market and, you know, speak about the history of it and, and love to talk about the market and explore it. So in addition to all that the Reading Terminal Market has to offer, uh, Reading Terminal Market Catering is really blessed to have a great partner and a vendor in All About Events, which is a company that you founded. Um, tell our listeners what services All About Events or AAE provides and you know how you really transform many of the events in that area and other things that you do. Um, thank you. Yeah, that's it. Thank you for asking. We, you know, the markets, it's fun in the sense that we can do a small party um, in our city kitchen, which is the demo kitchen for, you know, 10 to 15 people um, where a chef from the market comes in and they, they lead a cooking class or a team building class for small groups. And then we, as I mentioned, do events all the way up to 5,000 people and everything in between weddings on the weekends, corporate events all week long. Um, and that's really where our team is, is specializing, where we can wear all types of hats. You know, we're not just specializing in weddings. We're not specializing just in corporate events. We're able to fit the need of somebody who has a, you know, big conference um, program where they have a lot of AV needs and specialized um, timeline needs to make sure the run of show is orchestrating uh, perfectly. Mitzvahs, same thing. We do a ton of mitzvahs and, and that is a very specialized need with developing the event and developing the best types of food for the guests there and the timeline and making sure that all events in that category um, are fun for the kids as well as the, the adults that are also very different than the weddings that we do there. So we're, we're lucky to have a very diverse team who can switch the hat depending on what the client needs. And, and the, the space is very versatile. You know, we had a couple of weeks ago, Papa Shot and foosball and um, air hockey and all these things for the kids with a huge dance floor. And we had an awesome lounge for um, the adults to be in and the bar area. And then this week we have a 300 person convention with a speaking program and high, you know, AV needs streaming the service across the country. So it's a very versatile space. It could really be whatever um, the guests need it to be. And our team is specialized in the ability to, to design that with them at the market. Um, but then outside of the wedding to market, we, we do events all over the world, all over the country. We do weddings every weekend, all over the city. Um, I, I am very blessed to have a nice amount of planners on our team who can put on any hat they need for whatever clients um, want to hire us. Well, you know, from me to you, it has been so wonderful. I've watched you come through this journey um, from, you know, much younger, wet behind the ears to what you're doing now. And it has been one of the most pleasurable experiences of my entire life, watching you grow into what you become. It's amazing. Thank you. So, and your daughters have worked with us. So, so helpful. <laughs> it's nice to be able to keep it, um, fun, you know, fun with family and friends who can also help when we are needing that. So. Yes, yes, you, you, you do that very well. Just prior, and I guess during COVID, um, Reading Terminal Market launched some kind of new options, including a delivery of events and drop-offs and the cooking classes. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about other ways that guests can enjoy Reading Terminal Market and Reading Terminal Market catering specifically. 
Well, the one thing that has really developed majorly um, in 2020 and has just taken off ever since was Mercado Delivery Service. So outside of events, Mercado is now um, a well-oiled, smooth machine of grocery and food delivery from Reading Toronto Market um, to your home. So if, they, if guests go to Mercado.com, they can um, look at all the options from produce to prepared foods to flowers and baked goods, et cetera and can get a delivery right to their door. So that has been probably the biggest success out of COVID is that that really forced the market to think about how to make shopping at the market accessible for everybody. So that has been one thing and something I you know, strongly advise people continue to look at and utilize. Um, it's been a really great success, but you know, for the market, it's for the event side. Um, again, just because we can do events for 10 to 15 people, something on a smaller, and we, we do like family reunions, small like team building um, events. A lot of teams are starting to get back in the office, haven't seen each other for years in person. So kind of reestablishing the ability to work together and team build and just be in person and have a fun evening out um, from a small scale. It could be a, a taste at the market. It could be a food and beverage tasting. It could be a cooking class. Those have really taken off this year because I think after two years of living behind the screen, it's nice to get back out and we make it fun and there's no better place to do something like that uh, than the market. So we have a lot of options for that. And then we've never seen more weddings than we have this year being booked for this year, next year. I think mm -hmm. weddings are back full fledged and we're here for it and um, booking like crazy with the weddings and corporate, like I mentioned. So it's, you know, but if you can, if, if that's not all in your wheelhouse, just coming back to the market and having lunch there. I mean, that's an experience in and of itself. Um, just being able to come down. I took my son who is one and a half, almost two years old now, a couple of Saturdays ago, I took him at like nine o'clock in the morning and walked around and the, the vendors were leaning over with like the fresh fish and like the pig's feet and they were showing him and he was like so amused. And then he got a donut and then he had a macaroon and then he had um, little bites of, you know, this and that. And we just had the best time walking around from nine until 10 before it got a little busier and it was like a whole new experience for him. It was so much fun. So there's just ways to enjoy that place, even if you're not holding it a bit. Well, it truly is the, the best public market in America and recently voted that. And it's been in the running in numerous different magazines and groups as the best public market in America. And I love the fact that, you know, you come full circle in the Mercado because what said Reading Terminal Market part in the early days is that they actually did offer delivery services out of the market way back when trucks were running down to Atlantic City in the heyday of Atlantic City. And I'm talking, you know, turn of the century, Atlantic City in 1920s and such. And then you could get delivery by train to area train stations in the suburbs. And there was a lot of great things. So it's really wonderful now with Mercado to, to be able to enjoy a taste of Philadelphia, a taste of Reading Terminal Market know that way so as a career hospitality professional somebody who's been around you like to go out and eat uh you know you you enjoy the city you grew up in the suburbs you grew up around the city what is your opinion the the couple things that makes reading terminal market and therefore reading terminal market catering such an amazing premier venue as well as just place to go what what's that our market apart from all the other public markets? Oh, you know, I, I, I kind of said this and I, I hate to repeat myself, but I truly feel it's what makes it so special. But 
the fact that the building closes at six o'clock and you can have your guests in there at seven o'clock after hours when everything's closed and get to experience what people experience when they travel from all over the world, all over the country during the day. But now you have it all to yourselves. I mean, it's been voted uh, two or three years in a row as the best public market in the country. And now you have the entire building to yourself, um, really the event space. But, you know, the merchants who are there all day um, are the ones making your food for your event at night. And it does not get more authentic than it does in this building. Uh, you're just getting, you know, you're not having, you don't have one chef in the kitchen all night preparing your food. You have seven or eight chefs behind their stands preparing your food with a smile because they love the catering just as much as the person who's throwing their own party. And they, they are energized by seeing people walk in for the first time, not having ever been there. And they just think it's the coolest place. I mean, it's, it's just such a unique venue and, and people travel from the country. They come to Philadelphia. One of the first places, a lot of the times they go to is the Reading Corner Market. And now you have the place to yourselves and you're getting to try all this food with no lines, great music, great atmosphere, smiles on everybody's faces, um, happy to serve. And that is just something you can't get, even at the other public markets around the country, they don't do what we do. Um, from my understanding and understanding some of the bigger public markets out there, they may have events, but they don't have the style events that we do at the market. So it's really such a unique, iconic, historic building. It's celebrating the 130th anniversary of the building um, in February. So it's like the history in that place is endless. And for people who get to know Philadelphia, who get to know the market can really appreciate the fact that they're having their event in a building that's so iconic, so unique, so important to our city. Um, a lot of our wedding clients or customers uh, who have their weddings there are born and bred in Philly and just love having their event in such an iconic building. So, but for me, it's the merchants. It's the people, the fact that they after their 10 hour day are already willing to stay and, and serve their guests, making sure the food is the best possible quality. And um, they do it with a smile and it's, it's fun to work in an atmosphere like that. So as we wind down on time, um, how can people find more information about ready terminal market catering, revenue terminal market, and certainly all about events. How can people find your social media and just general information? So our, our Instagram um, is all about events underscore PHL for Philadelphia. And we do have a lot of photos of market events on there. Um, but the Reading Terminal Market website, uh, readingterminalmarket.org, has everything from the market, special events going on there, the flower show um, tickets that we're selling at the market to transport people there, Mercado details are on there. So just going to readingterminalmarket.org. Um, would also help point you in the right direction to get to us. So that is um, one option. And then, of course, our website is all about events.us, as in United States. Um, also, can find information about the market. So, any of these ways uh, will lead you to the right place. But we have our office in that building. Um, we enter our phones Monday through Friday, nine to five. So, call social media. Um, but if anything, just pop in there and visit the market because it is just the place to be, especially if you haven't in a while. They really appreciate the support from the local. So as we wind down here, Sarah, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't yes. give you great congratulations that this week uh, you will be becoming a mother for the second time. Congratulations. <laughs> Uh, all our Thank you. prayers and excitement go out to you. Uh, you are just 
a joy of a person um, and what you have done for Reading Terminal Market. I knew the market before you. I know the market now. Uh, you are a driving force as part of that revitalization. So thank you for uh, what you're doing for our city and hospitality in the city. And, you know, God bless and, and uh, you know, welcome to baby number two. Gene, thank you so much for the kind words. I appreciate that. And I will take all of the good luck that I can get. Um, but thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Take care, everybody. Take Let's care. Let's take thank a you. break and we'll be right back. To become a sponsor of our show and have your business or event promoted on every single podcast platform, two Philadelphia radio stations on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. evening drive time and FM station in New York, send us an email to either foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com or diningonadime at yahoo.com. And we're back. Chef Gene, introduce us to your fabulous guests. So at this time, it is a great pleasure to introduce two amazingly creative kind of Renaissance men in their own uh special way uh sam crevero and jimmy crevero the owners of the fuge in bucks county tranquility brewing company which is really the focus of today's episode as well as at east coast recording studios a really diverse uh group of businesses but really an out of this world type of experience jimmy sam welcome to food farms and chefs hello gene thanks for having us gene it is absolutely our pleasure. So, Sam, I'm going to start off with you. Yes, you are certainly a visionary uh, in creating the Fuge, which is a premier venue, or should I say three premier venues. Um, and we could spend 20 minutes, we could spend an hour talking about the Fuge. But tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, what the Fuge is and, and how it came about. Well, this is a, an old Navy facility. We get our name Fuge short for centrifuge. This, this, uh, this facility houses the world's largest human centrifuge. It was built by the Navy to test the human body for G-forces. Uh, they had great success with this uh, in the uh, 50s and 60s. When NASA was formed, NASA didn't have their own equipment, so NASA borrowed this facility to train all, all the early astronauts. Um, for, so every famous astronaut you can think of, every man I ever stepped foot on the moon, trained here at the Fuge for their G-force testing. Um, when I bought the building, the Fuge was still here, the Centrifuge was still here, and we had to figure out a way to work around it because there's a historic designation on the building. We can't remove it. So it seemed to be the, the, the best fit was a venue uh, to have parties inside the room around the Centrifuge. It was a, the Centrifuge made a nice backdrop for the venue. Uh, it became very popular, and, and through the popularity, we needed more space, so we took over the entire third floor, made another venue called the Studio. And on our first floor, we made another venue called The Lab. So we had three venues for parties. And then within the last few months, we just opened up Tranquility Brewing. And that's where we are today is in, in our brewery. Yeah, I'm looking back there, the backdrop of the tanks and such. Jimmy, you, I, as a human being, are truly a Renaissance man. You are a Grammy Award-winning music producer, you are an ice cream maker extraordinaire and responsible for the amazing ice creams there at the Fuge. You are a sound and light wizard bringing great expertise to all the events there at the Fuge. 
And now you're the brewmaster at Tranquility Brewing. How did you learn that very diverse skill set? And how did, you know, learning ice cream and then becoming a brewmaster when, you know, your career has been in music and sound? Um, I don't know. I got lucky. <laughs> I got lucky. I, I, I think it's a little bit better than that. But um, I, I did music and production for like 20 some years since like 1995. And when COVID hit, the studio was completely dead because we couldn't record. So then um, basically I went online and took all these ice cream courses on how to make ice cream, which is crazy because the guy for who makes all, teaches all the classes at Penn State, he has courses online and I watched all his videos. And then I basically got back into the fuge where we have a kitchen. I started making ice cream. And even I'm shocked at how good it is. <laughs> well, as somebody who speaks about ice cream often on the show and, and has talked a lot about ice creams, I would put yours in the top three ice creams in the state of Pennsylvania. Your ice creams that I've sampled are just simply amazing. And uh, now that you're making beer, you know, slightly different, but I guess, you know, some of that ability and the chemistry and the science fits into it. How did you get into beer? Well, I always liked beer. Um, I don't know. We decided with my brother to start a brewery and the same thing. I went online and we found this guy, this beer guru, Brian Watson, and he basically helped us design our flavors. So we sat down in Zoom, on Zoom with him for months and we went over flavors. And then I went out to Pittsburgh and um, tasted some of the beers because we didn't even have a system yet. So we designed the wart together and then we make the wart so it's consistent every time because it's hard to keep the beer consistent. And it's basically like having a really fun chemistry set. I, I enjoy your chemistry set. So I'm going to yeah. go forward with that. Um, so what do you have on tap right now? Tell us a little bit about the beers that you're serving up there now. Right now we have a, a mango wheat, which is really, it's unbelievable. It's awesome. It's, one, it's the best mango wheat I've ever had. And then we have a hazy IPA. We have an amber beer. Oh, here's the list. We have an apple pie beer, which has a caramel finish, which is really nice for the summertime. We have a, uh, let me see what else. An American IPA. We have a dark side of the moon, which is a chocolate stout, which is like a dessert beer. It's really good. We have a, a light lager. We have a, a regular lager, and right now we're working on a, a brown ale. So, fabulous, we have fabulous. A pretty good variety. It's not just all IPAs, it's not just all sweet beers, it's not just you know, we try to make beer for every type of person. A lot of people come in and say, I don't even drink beer, and this cider is really good, or this dark side of the moon, which is our chocolate beer, this is really good. So well, having had your ice creams, one of the things I could say that you do better than most people I have experienced is you are able to get like the mango and the caramel and those fruits and those sweet flavors and those other flavors infused in first your ice creams, now your beer, your mango that, you know, I had there as ice cream was the best I've ever had. And it's one of my favorite things in the world. So, you know, you're able to do that really well. Yeah, I think the key is definitely, it's the same with music. 
I think a lot of people try too hard to make it good, but you're just like, just make it good. You already know what tastes good. You already know what sounds good. You already know the feeling of good. Just make it good. That's all it is. It's like, take your time and make it good. Don't try so hard and add this and try to add this and try to like, you could be unique, but people sometimes go too far. And then it's like, what happened here? What is this? You know, as a chef, just make it good. Stop trying so hard. So Sam, I'm going to go back to you with this one. Uh, I mean, obviously, in addition to great beer that Jimmy producing there, I have fell in love with your bar menu. The quality of your food there is just outstanding. Your chef does an amazing job. You really created a great menu with great specials and all. But tell our listeners what else uh, kind of sets Tranquility Brewing aside. I mean, you have so many little things going on there. Well, we focus on, and Jim didn't hit this enough, is that our products, uh, including all of our beer, we, we start with the highest quality products, um, highest quality ingredients. And that's what gives us the, the good quality products that we have is because we, if you start with the best, you'll, you'll end with the best. So along with our, our beer, our, our kitchen is, is higher quality foods and what you may see at a, a typical bar uh, type uh, venue. Uh, we have, instead of having cooks down here, we have full chefs down here. Uh, in, in addition to our beer and food, we have live entertainment every Friday and Saturday. We have an outdoor courtyard, which we can move our entertainment outside if it's a nice evening. Uh, and we have a nice environment. We, we call this place Tranquility because of the, the history with the moon. When Neil landed on the moon, he landed on the Sea of Tranquility. So we decided to, to stick with that moon theme. So when you walk around the place, we have murals that are space related, the, the floor looks like the moon. It's a, a gray moon-like um, feeling in here. Uh, and there's a lot of stainless steel, which represents you know, the, the, the space travel. Uh, so it ha has a good feel in here as well. The lighting is really cool. Jim put together a good system in here that it, it looks and sounds good. So from, from the moment you walk in, you, you know you're in this, into something special here. Really is, I, I you know, been there many times and spent a lot of time at the Fuge, and I, I love the look of that. Uh, and when you talk about your courtyard, let's not, uh, for our listeners' sake, be shy about saying that this is not just a little open area with some chairs. You know, water features, great lighting, patio, some grass. There's so much going on in your courtyard. And while it's in the middle of an industrial park or what used to be a military installation, you're private and even being outside there's no road noise there's nothing going on so you, you know it's far from just a, a courtyard in my opinion there's much more to it than that you know um, another feature that we have gene i don't know if you mentioned this or we mentioned it our beer that is down in the brewery is pumped into all of our venues now so if you have a large party or a wedding up in the studio or, or the fuge you're getting the, the same beer that's down here in the brewery and it's pumped right from down here yeah, I was about to touch on that. I love that you went ahead and did that. I think it's a really wonderful thing. And, you know, today, the Fuge is, is even a better venue because, as you know, I know so many times afterwards, people are like, oh, that was a great wedding, but it ended. Well, no, go downstairs. You know, the bar's open. It, you know, go ahead down and enjoy that. So you have a, a limited Pennsylvania license, uh, which means that you're entitled to uh, sell Pennsylvania um, produced wine and spirits. Uh, tell us a little bit about that program that you have. What do you have in you know in house and who are you featuring? We have um, 
everything that we're able to sell, anything created in Pennsylvania. So we, we have a great bar manager that put together a lot of specialty drinks. Uh, and we, we uh, create all these with uh, cool names uh, related to space, starting with our, our Black Hole, which is a um, made with boardroom gin. Uh, we have a conspiracy theory, which is more of a, a, a milkshake type drink. It's, it's pretty creamy. Uh, a Shepherd's Old Fashioned, which is just a, a spin-off, a, a typical old fashioned, a cosmonaut. Uh, we have a supernova margarita. Uh, our splashdown is made with uh, revive, revivalist vodka. Um, and that they're just a, a few of the specialty drinks that we have. And we're featuring uh, just a, a local red and white wine from Chad's Fort. Wonderful. But, you know, it's nice. I mean, my wife is not a beer drinker. So, you know, she come in and have a glass of wine or, or a cocktail there. You know, it's really a, a great option for that. And, you know, I'm sure that the biggest hit there is the beer. Um, I've had a couple and, and it's really great quality. Um, but, you know, the opportunity to showcase PA wines and spirits is a fabulous thing. And, and what a better type of venue for that. You know, a lot of people don't realize that they have really good tequila from Pennsylvania, really good rums, coconut rums, vodkas, just about every type of spirit you can get. Yes, it, it really Pennsylvania is a great place. And, and for many years, I, you know, being a bourbon guy, one of the important things to know is that, you know, prior to Kentucky, Pennsylvania was the bourbon capital of America. I mean, we were making whiskeys and bourbons way back when, and, and we really, you know, the whole whiskey rebellion because they tried to tax the farmers and the producers of it. And, you know, Pennsylvania stood up and, you know, they had a call in the military and such for that. So it's a great, great little history of uh, bourbon in there. I actually am, am scared to ask this question because the two of you are so creative and thinking so far ahead. You know, you have the three venues, you have East Coast recording, you have, you know, capacity to take over a thousand guests. Now you have, oh, you have an escape room on property and now you have tranquility brewing. What's new? What's next in the future for the future? Well, right now we, we'd like to settle in and just uh, uh, just take it all in and, and, and settle down a little bit and perfect everything that we have going on. But I do see in the future that we may we may open up a few tranquility brewing uh, locations outside of here. Well, that's really exciting to hear. Um, I know you, you know the quality of your, uh, the beer you're providing is really wonderful. So it'd be good to get that in many different locations. Did you ever think when you walked into that building and you walked into the huge? What you know? I'm going to paint a picture here. Uh, is a giant round room that holds up over a thousand people with a giant centrifuge above your head that you could hear yourself whisper in it because the walls were covered with copper at the time. Did you ever think that you would come to this point where you have three venues as well as a, a microbrewery there? Gene, it's been 15 years since I bought this building. And uh, when I bought it, I bought it as office space. We had no intentions of a venue at all when, we, when I first bought the building. And now that this brewery is the last area of the, 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 the complex, the, the building itself, 68,000 square feet, it's the last, last part of the building to renovate and actually move something into. So to me, the, the project is now complete 15 years later. 
Uh, and it is, um, it's pretty exciting to look back and, and see everything that we accomplished uh, in 15 years with, with no plan of this when we first started. And Jimmy, kudos to you uh, with there's a state-of-the-art laser system and lighting system and sound system in the fuge. You've come a long way from some um, drywall that was nailed to the wall there to watch the Flyers game on big screen. So, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it's, it's been a, a, a hell of a journey. Uh, it's been fun to w- witness that. And now I feel really old, Sam, that it's 15 years. But, uh, you know, it's it's a really amazing venue. So tell our listeners how they could learn more about not only Tranquility Brewing, The Fuge, as well as uh, East Coast Recording, which is a Grammy Award-winning recording studio, uh, where people could follow you on social media and learn much more information about this amazing venue and this amazing group hub. Uh, our website links everything. Our web- website is rentthefuge, R-E-N-T-T-H-E-F-U-G-E.com. And we are on Facebook under <coughs> The Fuge. Um, so everything's under The Fuge. I have a question for you about that. Do you still keep the video of The Fuge in operation up on the site? I believe so. We just changed our website and I, I have to look and just make sure that that it that is still linked. It was on our old website and uh, we just upgraded about a month ago. Uh, if it is not, I'll make sure it gets put up. And one of the mo- most amazing things is watching that centrifuge in action and w- you know what was here in Bucks County and, and everything like that. So what are the capacities of your different spaces? What is Tranquility Brewing Hold, the courtyard and all up the line? Tranquility itself as, a, as an indoor space is 110 um, guests. Uh, and part of that 20 some people is a, a private back room that we have. The court, court, courtyard could hold, I guess, approximately 100 to 150 people. Our small venue, the lab, is a minimum of 50 up to about 100. Our studio starts at 100 and goes up to 300. And our fuge room starts at 150, goes up to 1100. So certainly the perfect venue for small conventions. I know you just had, you know, um, one there recently, as well as mitzvahs, as well as weddings, as well as corporate events, Um, you know, an absolutely outstanding, you know, capacity there when you're talking 1,100 people. Uh, Have they booked for next summer as well, uh, the convention? Uh, The toy convention? Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. And they're doing something new this year. Uh, they do a toy, toy convention every year. The same company is going to do a gaming convention in July next month here. Never a downtime. And I would be remiss if I did not give kudos to you uh, for what you did during COVID when so many schools could not have proms inside and stuff like that. Sam Cavero went and, you know, spent the money to build an outdoor structure that held all the proms that needed to happen in the area, um, you know, did that so that people could have their events and be in a safe environment and students did not have to miss that. So I have to give you a shout out for that, for what you did, you know, in your parking lot, building that to benefit all the schools in the area. So, you know, thank you for doing that. Um, It was very, very cool. Thank you, Gene. That that was a great, a great structure. It was 9,000 square feet, and we held 17 proms last year. And at a time when, you know, proms weren't taking place because schools weren't allowing them to be inside. 
So it was a really wonderful, you know, thing for the area and such like that. Um, so, gentlemen, it was a great, great pleasure to talk to you both. Jimmy, what are you drinking? This one's just a lager, lunar lager. Okay. okay. Well, I will see you guys this weekend. I'm off. I'll stop over, have a beer. I appreciate you taking the time for food farms and chefs. And, you know, good luck to you and Godspeed. Chef Gene, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Well, not only is our next guest one of the spiciest people you'll have an opportunity to talk to, but it's also one of the forward-thinking minds in the hospitality industry. Welcome to Food Farms and Chess, uh, Marcus from Maguan Foods. Um, good to have you back on the show, and great to be talking to you about, you know, a really cool thing that you are undertaking and how to take a little bit of research. So welcome to Food Farms and Chess. Thank you, Gene. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, always a pleasure to be on the show, man. Thank you. So before we get started in your new development and talking about other things you might be doing for Father's Day and such, uh, give sure. our listeners a little bit of reminder about, you know, your company, how it came about, the origin of the name, which I love that story, and about your spice line. Right. So we are Wagwan Brands, Wagwan Seasoning, and we are a company that is built on quality, wellness, and ease when it comes to seasoning your food. Uh, we, that's one aspect that it, 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 we have. And the other aspect would be to, yeah, share knowledge that, that we have through, through media content and to empower people to get into the kitchen and to cook at home, uh, giving them the skill sets that, you know, I've learned throughout the years that I've collected from, from great people and, and yeah, to just really get people excited to getting back to the dinner table, getting people back in the kitchen and, and sharing amazing times with each other with, with amazing, healthy food. And, uh, Tell our so, listeners mm -hmm. the origin of the name. Yes, the origin of the name is Jamaican Patois for what's going on. What one literally means what's going on. Uh, and, yeah. I, I love so that. It takes that into the kitchen, you know. What's going on? I love that. That's just a, a fabulous thing. Thank you. Thank I, you. All in competition. Oh. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm one that, you know, steers away from custom spice blends and this and this and this. I, you know, I, I kind of like to create my own. But I will say yeah. your spice, your spices, as well as Walter Staves, are really two spice lines that I recommend for every kitchen out there. You, wow. you can find so many diverse uses for them. Once you try it one way, you're going to be using it a thousand different things. So, you know, you really did something special in the creation of this spice line. Man, thank you so much, Gene. I appreciate it. And, and I'm, it, it's, it's truly honored to hear you say that and for that to come from you, man. That's, that's awesome. That's amazing. Thank you. So you and Rose uh, came up with a unique idea now and, and looking forward to, you know, uh, start accepting cryptocurrency as a form of payment and you know ensuring that your product stays within 20 percent of its market value to individuals who purchase your products uh, using cryptocurrency you know how did this come about what was you know who was the the brainchild behind that and really you know what had to go into this yeah so 
it's one of those things. Oh, and, and just a quick, uh, you know, just a quick thing here. As for the market value, I'll get to to that in a second. But we we want to stay a little bit closer to around uh, the two percent mark when it comes to the price difference. And and I'll you know I'll break down the percentage in a second. But it's that's just a slight thing there. When it, so let me start from the top. When it comes to cryptocurrency. Uh, we both came up with the idea. I mean, it's really in these times. It's like, why wouldn't you get into into crypto? Um, it's one of those why why would you not scenarios when it comes to commerce, and it's just amazing to be able to diversify your earning potential, broaden your client base, leverage your capital, and and we just live in a really exciting time to be able to do that. So you know, to be able to accept crypto as a form of payment allows us to give purchasing power to those who are currently involved in, in this crypto commerce. And it's a way to have customers who are curious about it realize that they can go out and uh, use it in, in, in a really practical and seamless way to purchase goods, you know? So, um, so yeah, when we came up with this quite some time ago, it, it, it really made sense for these times because, yeah, people are, um, yeah, it, it's just a, it's a very real thing that that's in, in these times right now. And we are, when it comes down to the, the differential in price, it's a lot closer to, to what our original price is. It only swings about 2%, but what we're trying to do is keep, you know, keep it to 20% of our, our market value. Um, it, you know, and, and, and I mean, 20% of our direct consumer sales and the other 80% in traditional sales, you know, so we're, we're, we're balancing. We're not looking to go, and receive all crypto, uh, and, and we want to mix it up a little bit, but keep it, you know, at around the twenty percent mark of our direct consumer. Um, so, did you, in addition to obviously doing a lot of research on, did you take any classes or online classes, you know, to deal with cryptocurrency and deciding which ones you would take? Because if you're not aware of cryptocurrency, there are literally thousands of them out there, and For you know, sure. they're, they're small and large. For sure. And so we haven't taken any special classes. I mean, most of this research is, is available uh, to us on, on, you know, various places on the web nowadays. If you, if you study and you, you know, you use your, your resources, you know, you talk to people, you get, you do your homework in that sense, you'll, uh, you'll get an idea of what will work for you, what's going to, you know, what's going to be beneficial to you. And, and then it also comes in terms of what, your gateway accepts and, and things of that nature. So there's thousands of, of coins out there, but you know, when it comes down to processing these payments or what have you, it's narrowed down to a few at this time with us. So that uh, through our research and studies, that's what we came up with. And, and yeah, so we're, we're happy to be able to, to accept it as a form of payment. So if people are interested in getting your spice line and, you know, finding out more about that. Where uh, where are you going to be this summer? Are you going to be in any farmers markets or out and about and doing any special projects this summer? Where can people find you out there? Right. Right. So people can find us all the time. They can always find us online at wagwan.com. We're in certain specialty stores around Bucks and expanding, broadening. There will be pop-ups that are coming up as well. We'll put that out on social and yeah, and we'll keep everybody informed and everybody in the loop so that they know where to find us. So coming up on Father's Day, uh, any suggestions on your spice use and 
you know, anything going on for Father's Day that our listeners may want to uh, get the spices ahead of time. And I'm just going to go out and say, as a father, my daughter, if you want to buy me another set of a Wagwan, I'm there. I'm okay with that. So I recommend to anybody who has a father that likes to spend time in the kitchen or do whatever. Oh, man, appreciate that. And I would say, yeah, get out to the grill. You know, the dads love to grill. Love to get out there. Um, if you're looking to to get a Father's Day gift, gift them Wagwan. Get, get them a pro suite that includes our Wagwan, our G-Salt, our dry brine, all in one package. You could get that right online. We'll ship it right out to you. And, yeah, I would say get out to the grill. You know, whatever your, your choice of protein, whatever you're, whatever you're grilling that day, throw Wagwan on it and, uh, and put it on the grill. You don't need much else. Top it with some G-Salt when it comes off and you're all set, you know? It, it, it's one of those things that uh, path of least resistance spices. So you could spend your time hanging out, drinking cold ones and hanging out, enjoying the family and, and doing the thing, you know? When you uh, got started in this whole process, did you ever think you would come to this point now where, you know, you're one of the premier spice blend companies out there. You're really making a name for the spices. You're, you're teaching and educating every day about it. And, you know, now you're out there educating people on crypto and people could even come to the pop-ups and use crypto as well. I might pay for that. You know, did, did you see this day coming when you first started this journey? Well, in terms of, of crypto, no. Um, couldn't have really seen that coming a few years ago when, when we launched. Uh, but, you know, nowadays when it comes down to startups, things move quickly and a, the world is ever-changing. So, we're just really fortunate and happy that people are finding out about it more and more. People are loving it. People are, are using it in, in, on a day-to-day basis, a meal-to-meal basis, and, and, and really getting out there. So we're, we're humbled by it, and we, uh, yeah, we really enjoy just to continue to spread the message and hope that more people continue to, to use it. And that's all any business can really ask for when you have a product that you believe in is to, is to continue to grow and, yeah, and, and get it into more homes because we truly believe in our yeah, and we're, we're really excited about it. So what's your background that, that you brought into play to create this spice blend? So I have a back, my background, I mean, I myself taught, you know, cook, chef, and I, yeah, I just fell in love with the, the, the art of food. And then it, it became boils down, obviously, to a wellness standpoint. And you start to see what's out there on the market. And what's available, like the spices that we grew up with, and you get these these you know bottles or jars of spices that you you may have to you know accumulate so many of them to get the desired flavors that you want, or you don't necessarily know what's in them. And then, and also, you know, there, there tends to be a lot of fillers and things that you don't want to eat, things that could do more harm than good when it comes down to, to cooking and, and putting spices and then worrying about, you know, with health being an issue. And that was one of, you know, a huge impetus in us creating the spice line. It said, how can we get back to, you know, basics with a lot of flavor, no fillers, amazing ingredients, and, and yeah, give that to people in, in one, you know, one package that they can go from can to or, or jar to their food to cooking it and use it on almost every meal in a savory application. And that's something that I've, you know, been interested in for years. And finally, yeah, we've been able to, to make something that, uh, that does just that. And that's, that's huge, you know? 
Well, I attribute, you know, the difference between your products and a lot of others to, you know, anybody who's ever used a very good quality stock base anytime in their life, they're making, you know, lobster biscuit, they have that little base in it, and you get a great quality one where you get the lobster flavor and all, but then you get the cheap ones and all you get is a mouthful of salt. That is the difference in your spice line. You get quality ingredients you don't put a lot of other stuff in it you're not all salt based you know you have a a great mix of herbs and spices to go into that so it really is a unique product in itself and you make my wife very happy because we can have a little bit of space in the spice cabinet i don't need 110 different bottles now i only need a few yeah that that's exactly right gene we you know you could clear the spice cabinet out with wagwan spices and just have the key ingredient, the key spices that are in there, and, and you get that flavor. And again, um, having you, yeah, just just mention how how give credibility to our to our spice line is amazing. And, and you know, you understand what quality really means when it comes down to it, because you know how things can swing in the spice industry. You, you can get a can of something and not what's in it, and end up in the at the hospital or end up in the doctor's years later just because of the spices that you were putting on. On it's 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 less about the the money and it's more about you know what we're doing and what we can contribute to people's health and wellness and diet and um and flavor you know that that's that's just paramount to us. Well, thank you very much, Marcus. Before we go, tell our listeners where they can find your spice lines online, where they can follow you, and learn more about the great things you're doing. Oh, great team. Thank you. So um, you could find us at wagwan.com and you could find us on an Instagram at wagwan and at Chef Mark Santini, my personal and yeah, on Facebook as well. And uh, yeah, just want to say while this is about crypto, you know, it's just, you know, don't be afraid to, to go out there. If you're sitting on some crypto, purchase some wagwan. Right now, we accept Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Litecoin, Dogecoin, USD Coin, and Dai. With more to come, I'm sure. So, you know, it, it's it's yeah. If you're if you're into that and you want to try something out, yeah, just um go onto our website, go to the payment gateway, we'll process it, and you'll see where you can log get through crypto commerce, and it's it's a pretty easy transaction. So don't be afraid to try that out um, as an option. And um yeah. Great to, great to be with you, Gene. And for people getting new into this, uh, you know, all the cryptos that he mentioned there are really the leading, uh, you know, grounded, smart currencies that are out there on the market. You know, they're all, you know, the ones that I use and, and you know, I would recommend doing. So, Marcus, thank you very much for joining us. It is always a pleasure talk about your spice line and now the fact that we can use cryptocurrency thank you from food farms and chefs we wish you a great great summer a very successful one as well awesome thank you so much and same to you gene you take care always a pleasure and uh yeah be safe be well eat plenty of work one and uh yeah see you soon man thank you so i would be remiss if i didn't before closing out the show mention a couple very special people that are part of the food farms and chess family and do a couple shout outs to a, a couple individuals out there so first of all i'd like to say uh happy 53rd year as an american citizen walter stabe 
not only have you enjoyed your stay, but you have made not only Philadelphia, but all the people who watch A Taste of History much happier that you're here. So happy 53rd year as a United States citizen, Walter. Uh, always one of our you know, great guests to have on and uh, just a, an absolute wonderful thing. I have uh, a couple other shout-outs. Um, by tomorrow's airing of this show, we will find out uh, what happened. But a great shout-out to Ellen Yin, who was nominated uh, for Best Restaurant Tour uh, for High Street and Fork as, uh, for the James Beard Awards, as well as one of our favorite uh, Thai chefs, Nock, from Kalea, who was nominated for uh, Best Chef Mid-Atlantic. And then we also have two others. Well, they have not been a guest of the show, Jesse Ito of Royal Sushi, as well as Christina Christina Martinez of South Philly Barbacoa. Congratulations on your nomination. Good luck, and thank you for making Philadelphia such a vibrant food city. I'm Gene Blum. You can find me at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com, or you can find me across social media at ibfoodie2 or Gene Blum. And Amherst Pollock, who is now with us today, uh, you can find her at AR Politics. Thank you very much for being part of the Food Farms and Chefs family. And all information about the show can be found at phillyrestaurantreviews.com. We'll see you next week.